Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the gospel record, to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Remember, as we look at the New Testament, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. So turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Acts in chapter number one. The book of Acts in chapter number one. We're currently in a Sunday school series dealing with discipleship. And the way that we've defined discipleship in this series is becoming a dedicated follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know that salvation and following after Christ are two different decisions. Salvation is coming to the place where I realize that I'm a sinner and because of my sin I've offended a holy righteous God and I deserve to go to an awful place called hell. But I realized that Jesus died for me and paid my price and I personally asked Jesus to be my Savior. Now after you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then there's another decision that is brought up into your Christian life and that is the decision to follow Christ on purpose. Many Christians never make this decision. They never decide to follow after Jesus Christ. So there's a difference between being saved and being a disciple. And the idea of discipleship is following after the Lord Jesus Christ. This Sunday school series is meant to describe what does it mean to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So turn with me if you don't mind to the gospel, to the book of Acts chapter number one. The book of Acts chapter number one and notice with me if you don't mind for context sake let's go ahead and hit verse number six. Acts chapter one and verse number six. Jesus Christ has already died, risen from the grave, spent 40 days with his disciples, and now he's ready to be descended to heaven. Notice with me in verse number 6. And when they, those are the disciples, therefore were come together, they asked of him, Jesus, saying, Lord, what Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, they had an idea that, Jesus, are you now going to restore Israel? Are you going to set up the millennial kingdom? Are you going to set up your kingdom now, conquer Rome? Well, Jesus answers their question in verse number 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of of the earth. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Acts and chapter number one? Acts chapter one, and notice with me in verse eight, when Jesus Christ speaks of the disciples, he says, but ye shall receive power. But ye shall receive power. Now, if we were to be honest, most of the churches that we have in our century, in our time, it'd be churches that have no power. 
They don't have the power of God. The power of God is not upon them. It is something that we're missing. And because it's something that's missing, it's something that's almost, we don't know what that is. Well, the Bible describes in the book of Acts, all throughout the book of Acts, the power that the first century church has. And that when we have a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, God promised that we should have power. So with this, I'd like to describe what this power is, what we're supposed to have, and what does it mean and how it changes everything. The disciples receive power. Now in verse number 8, Jesus Christ is talking to the disciples. And he's telling them, but ye, disciples, shall receive power. When? After the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Here he says, God is going to give you power. When? When the Holy Spirit descends upon you. Now with this, we have to have a little bit of description. What do we mean by this? The moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes to indwell within us. We become a new creature. We become regenerated. The word regenerated comes with that idea of regened. We know something about genes today. We become a new creature. Behold, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. We become different. God lives inside of us and becomes a part of us. However, the Holy Spirit does not get all of us at that period. That we have as much as the Holy Spirit we're ever going to get. But the Holy Spirit doesn't get all of us. And because of that, we end up trying to do things in our own strength without the power of God because we try to do God's work with not doing it his way. If you don't mind, may I just show you a couple passages to illustrate it, then we'll teach some more. Notice with me in the book of Acts chapter number four. Again, all throughout the gospel or the book of Acts, we'll find um, this example of the power that they had. Notice with me in Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four. In Acts chapter four, as the new church is now moving without the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of God's Spirit, that they've been preaching and watching God work. And as they've been watching God's work, they've been seeing people saved. However, there's also been some spiritual warfare. And so the disciples were arrested and the um, people who arrested them had a discussion. What do we do with them? Do we kill them? What do we do? And they decided that they were just going to release the disciples with the instructions, don't preach in the name of Jesus. Don't do it anymore. We'll let you go with the one rule. You can't talk about Jesus anymore. Well, remember the disciples are human just like we are. And imagine that you were threatened for witnessing. You were told that if you were to witness again, you'd go to jail or worse. Wouldn't there be just a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of cautiousness, a little bit of fear to go ahead and go anyways? Well, of course the disciples did. And they did the proper response. They went to God and said, God, we're scared. They told us we're going to get arrested. They told us that they were going to do awful things to us. But notice what happened with, if you don't mind, as they finish praying, verse number 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place were shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with 
boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed of his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the, gospel, the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now notice this. Verse 31, they're filled with the Spirit. Verse 33, they have great power. They have great power. We understand that God desires and has great power. He's the God of the universe. But we're missing out on this power, missing out on this great power, because we're not filled with God's Spirit. And because we're not filled with God's Spirit, we now have to do things in our own strength, in our own way, and we're missing out on what God can do. It said that with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord. Now, understand what it's saying here that we talked about last week, that when we, the disciples go witnessing, the noun has to follow or precede the verb. You must be a witness before you can go witnessing. They've already witnessed what God has done. Now they're witnessing and telling everyone else what Christ has done. What did Christ do? That Christ, who was God, robed himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us. He lived the same life that you and I lived, went through the same temptations, the same troubles, the same heartbreaks. Then he died on the cross to pay for your sins and to pay for mine, to give us salvation, forgiveness of our sins full, free and forever and they did it with great power meaning that when they said it it wasn't their words that were doing the convincing it was God by his spirit who was doing the work you know people will respond a lot better if it's God that's doing the work and not us in fact that's something we have to underline so many times we cannot do God's work. It's impossible. We cannot do God's work. Only God can do his work. He can use us as instruments to do his work, but it has to be God that does it. Say, can you illustrate that? Absolutely. Let's say that I had a glove. If I had a glove and I just laid it there and said, come on, do something, it wouldn't be able to do anything. It is not until that glove is filled that that glove can then be used to do a work. Does that make sense? God can only do his work. That's the power we're missing. In fact, we're going to look at some other passages, but take a pit stop with me to the book of 2 Timothy. The book of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And may I illustrate the condition that we're in today for the most part. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, and in... <laughs> starting at verse 1, it's describing these perilous times that we live in. Notice if you don't mind, and we may be able to nod our head and give an uh, acknowledgement that this is the times we live in. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Pause. Now we go through here and we could say, hey, look, that's how our world is. 
Yes, our world has always been that way. But may I tell you that this description is not talking about the world. It is talking about the condition of churches in the last days. This list describes churches. Prove it. Absolutely. Notice the next verse, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We're living in a time of powerless churches who are doing things in their own strength, their own flesh, their own knowledge, and we don't have the power of God. And when it's our flesh that's in charge, all of this other list comes to be. We wonder why churches have a horrible testimony. Horrible. Why, don't, why aren't we seeing revivals? Why aren't we seeing things happen? Because we're all trying to do things in our power and denying the power of God, which is available. God has it available. Let's go back and let's kind of describe what we mean. The gospel record of Luke chapter number 24. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24. Now remember, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples that he says, you will be endued with power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. The same times he tells them this, he also explains in Luke chapter 24, notice what he says in Luke 24 and verse number 49. And behold, Luke 24 and verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye into the city of Jerusalem until, until, until ye be endued with power from on high. Do you understand that this is something when God is talking about his power is not something that you hope or guess or think. It is a definite experience. It is something that you can know that you have God's power. You don't have God's power. You say, well, how? Well, with this, let me give an idea. Some people believe that in order to do God's work, that we just need more physical strength. We can do it. Come on, you can trough it out. You, come on, let's get enough people. If we get enough people, we can make a difference. Well, that's not true. Remember Gideon and his army? Gideon had a huge army and God on purpose whittled it down to 300. Why? To prove that God's power was beyond manpower. Amen. God's power is bigger than the size. Amen. That it's not the idea of physical strength or having enough people. Having God's power, it's not finances. Some people think that the way to solve every problem is to throw money at it. You know, you could throw unlimited amounts of money, but without God's power, it's not going to be done. We're, we have to have God's power. It is different than physical strength. It is better than, or different than financial strength. It is different than mental power. Today, there's a big idea of let's just educate people. Education, and I'm not against education. I think education is good. I'm against the preachers that say, well, we just need to become more ignorant and ignorant. When I heard that, I said, you're on your way, man. But... <laughs> I think we should learn, and we should learn how to study. But it's not our intellect that gets it done. God's power is completely different. So how do we get God's power? What does it mean to have God's power? Well, again, we recognize that we're dead in our trespasses and sin until God saves us and the Holy Spirit lives within us. He quickens us. That word quicken means he gives us life, and he makes us live. But after that, we have to be filled with God's Spirit. 
how are we filled with God's spirit? So let's imagine that I have a cup. And in this cup, I have halfways filled with milk. Okay, so I got milk. And I want to fill it with Mountain Dew. I don't take the cup full of half of milk and put Mountain Dew into it. It would not be filled with Mountain Dew. It would be filled with Milk Dew or some concoction. In order to be filled with Mountain Dew, I have to first empty that cup of its contents so that way it could be filled with something else. The same thing is true in order for us to be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit, we have to be dead to ourself, emptied of ourself, dead to our desires, our ambitions, our goal, our plans, our dreams, our hopes. Those have to be emptied. So God can fill it of himself. We have to empty of ourselves of our plans. Why don't we have God's power? Because we don't like the emptying. Yep. We like to live. Our flesh likes to live. Our flesh wants attention. It wants craving. And that's why we don't have the power of God. Because we want to take care of ourselves. And so it's an either or. Either you are in charge. Or God is in charge. There's not a half mix. It's either you're filled with yourself. Or you're filled with God. There is no mixture. Either God's in charge or you're in charge. There is no mixture. This is one of the reasons why we're missing out on the power. Because we're trying to do it our own self. We're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to get enough money. Trying to get enough physical ability. Trying to get enough mental ability. And those things fall short. Only God can do his work. And because of that, we don't have the power that God promised us. Now the Bible speaks a lot about being filled with the Spirit. The book of Ephesians, you don't have to turn there, chapter 5 verse 18. Be not drunk in wine where is an access, but be ye filled with the Spirit. It gives a comparison that if somebody is inebriated with drink, that the drink controls them. We all know people that when they drink, their personality changes. They would do things that they normally would not do. Well, same thing when the Holy Spirit has control. He allows us to do things that we normally could not do and have power that is beyond ourselves. Now, we're not talking about something mystical. We're not talking about something spooky. But we are saying that God has real power to change lives. Something Dr. Flanders had said during our revival meeting that has just stayed with me. I'm just almost every day meditating on it. That he said something that the way to accomplish more is not by rolling your sleeves and working harder. The way to accomplish more in God's work is to have revival. And God will do his own work. The thing we're missing is the power of God, which can do something beyond ourselves. And that's what we want. When it's all said and done, we should not be satisfied with what man can do. We should be satisfied with what God and God alone can do. So if you don't mind, let's just kind of examine some things as we look here. When they are filled with God's spirit and they have God's power, what is different? Well, one thing that we notice is that he changed their speech. He changed their speech. When they had arrested the disciples in the book of Acts chapter number 4, that one of the things that they had taken note is that they... Um, Notice with me, if you don't mind, Acts chapter 4. 
Acts chapter 4, and notice with me in verse number 13. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, let me show you this themselves. Now remember that the disciples were not educated men. They did not go to the Bible colleges or the cemeteries, I mean seminaries. They didn't go to the special temple um, grounds and, and learn from the Pharisees. What was their secret? They were fishermen. Remember that the fishermen of Galilee were actually backwoods people and they didn't speak proper English. It's like having someone from the backwoods come up and you could barely understand them because they have a lot of ants and, uh, and they have a lot of improper grammar. That was what the disciples, that was the area they grew, from, grew up from. That was how they normally spoke. Notice with me in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And when they had saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now remember they're filled with the Spirit. Verse 8. And Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 13. And when they had saw the boldness of Peter and John. And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. Why did they marvel? Because it doesn't make sense. How can someone who has not learned and speaks awful, who doesn't sound like he's even got any of education, how can he have such power? What is the difference? Verse 13, And when they had solved the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. What was the secret? They were with Jesus. And Jesus changed them. He changed their speech. Notice with me, if you don't mind, Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, we have another um, man by the name of Stephen. Stephen was one of the first deacons of that church of Jerusalem. And notice what it said about his speech. If you don't mind, as we pick it up... Um, <laughs> in... Um, Verse number seven, uh, seven. And the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jer uh, Jerusalem greatly. And the great company of priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did wonders and miracles among those people. And there arose a certain of the synagogue, which was this called the synagogue of the Libertines, and the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians, and of them of Sicilia, uh, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit which by they spake. Even his language changed. Later on, they actually hire people to lie against him. And yet, they look upon his face as if it had been a face of an angel. They looked and they had such peace. And the next chapter, he preaches to them. And at the very end, he's asking God to forgive them as they're in the process of murdering him. You said, I don't have that much graciousness. Neither did Stephen. But as he's dead to self and filled with God, God had a power in his speech. It changed the way he spoke. An evangelist of yesteryear, D.L. Moody, had an 8th grade um, um, education. There is a reason why we do not have books of D.L. Moody's speeches. Because to read it, it is painful to read. The, just seeing how he spoke. He butchered the king's English awful. But what made the difference? Why did he see so many people come to know? Why was it that he took two continents and shook them for the Lord? Because of the power of God. That was upon him. 
It changes the way they speak. What else when we have the power of God? He gives them courage. When we have the power of God, he gives them courage. Notice again in chapter 4 and verse 13. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now, if we'd be honest, most of us are pretty cowardly about our faith. Yes. That you uh, need to go pass out a track and you have to argue with yourself. Come on, come on, I can do it. We're normally just cowards. We don't want people to reject us. And by the way, that's the biggest idea. We're not worried about them rejecting Christ. We're worried about them rejecting us. We're worried about what they're going to say about us. We're worried about them not acknowledging us. But when you're filled with God's Spirit, He gives you boldness and power beyond yourself to be able to speak to people that you normally could not speak to. That's what God does when he's in control. He gives you the boldness to be able to speak to people that is outside of your comfort zone. There's something else. He also gave them vision. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives them vision. What do we mean by this? Well, the Jewish religion only had enough room for Jewish people. But when it came time to be filled with the Spirit, notice back where we started, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, he says you're going to start from Jerusalem where you're at, and you're going to hit all of the region. Not just part of the region, all of the region. Then you're going to go up to Samaria. For those of you who are familiar with this, Samaria and the Jews were mortal enemies. They hated each other. They couldn't stand each other. So much that the Hebrew people would actually walk around the Jordan River to get to Galilee just so they wouldn't have to cross into the country. They would go way out of their way so they wouldn't have to be among those people. And God says, guess what? You're going to be witnesses of those people that you hate. And then, to the uttermost parts of the world, this is for everyone. When we're filled with God's Spirit and He has control, we have a vision that's beyond where we're at. God is not willing that any shall perish, but all shall come to repentance. That we could see beyond our little place where we have and see that God wants to reach the world and realize that we could be a part of that reaching the world. That God desires to it. And that we can have an impact where we're at. And that we could reach folks. This being filled with God's spirit shows us what all can be done. Not by human effort. Not by human strength. Not by human ingenuity. Not by his intellect. Not by his power. And not by his finances. But by God's power. That, that's what we should desire. And again, we're talking about disciples. This is different than people who are saved. These are people who've made a decision that we're going to follow after God. And as we make a decision to follow after God and let him be in charge, what we do is we see God can do a work beyond ourselves. And that we can look beyond ourselves and see what God can do. And he gives them a vision that comes beyond ourselves. God can do a work and that those who are true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ surrendered, that we want to be a part of it. Oh, to imagine to see people get saved everywhere. To have an idea that churches can be started. Remember in the book of Titus that 
Titus was tasked by the Apostle Paul to start churches in every village, in every city within the island of Crete. Well, if we were to line up the island of Crete, it would be from Green Bay to North Milwaukee. It would be from Lake Michigan all the way up to the Fox River. And in that, there were 90 cities and villages that were expected to have a church started in each one of them. Why not here? The Castile Commandment still stands to start a church, have a place where people can meet in every area that's teaching the Word of God. Why not? You see, we should be seeing beyond ourselves. Not just saying, well, how do we survive another day? It's how can we see what else can be done? Remember, the law of biogenesis, I like science. The law of biogenesis states that every healthy organism reproduces itself. What we should be able to do is say, guess what? We're going to have in nine months. And everybody looks at my wife and she goes, nope. But we should have the expectation that this church should be starting other churches. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. If we're a healthy church, we should be expecting to reproduce ourselves. Not just hold up till Jesus comes and us four and no more. Or we're just going to play defense. We should be having a worldwide vision that it can be done. It can be accomplished. And God's power is the one to do it. Not by us. We're to be surrendered and be used as instruments. And expect God to work. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.